Welcome back. This week, I am joined by Allison Outlaw. Allison is a hybrid athlete, and she has been at it um, since the beginning. She grew up with three brothers. She played multiple sports and always pushed the limits. Um, You can read, and she'll tell you she visited the ER often growing up and into her professional career. Um, She was a soccer player in college. Um, That was her main sport growing up. Uh, But she also got into bike racing, and she has multiple Texas state championships. She's multiple top 10 finishes in the Masters national championships. Um, She's continued to push her athletic career. She is the High Rocks age group world champion. High Rocks is a newer competition, but but it's really cool. I I suggest you guys go uh, check it out um, because I think it's going to pick up a lot of steam and a lot of people. A lot of these um, hybrid athletes and ultra athletes are now competing competing in high rocks. Um, She's a badass. She's also a mom. Um, She is a certified nutrition coach. And in this conversation, she had just finished her first marathon a few days prior um, in Nashville. So, like I said, she's continuing to push herself. She's an incredible athlete. Um, she has all the experience. And today we cover her career. We talk life. We talk um, all the things she did growing up, her career, what she wants to accomplish, her past accomplishments, and, and all the things in between. Before we get into the show with Allison, I got to talk about Spinks. Around the holiday seasons, um, I think it's important to think about the people that give back to the communities that you live in. And Spinks is exactly that for the communities they are in. I know here in Greenville, South Carolina, we might take them for granted as you drive by and you see a Spinks convenience store and you get your gas or you you know pick up your water, you know go to their um, car wash, whatever it might be. But what Spinks does for their communities sometimes isn't recognized and known, but they will donate and help out their communities with millions and millions of dollars and tons of resources behind the scenes. They've given millions of dollars to organizations like the March of Dimes, and uh, they continue to do so. So throughout the holiday season, if you see Spinks, um, they have a lot of things going on. You can go check out their website um, at the link in my show notes. Um, And if you just see them, make sure to stop in, make them your regular stop as your convenience store, because I can guarantee you, if you see them on your street corner, that means they are heavily involved in the communities they are in, and they're helping out your community. Another thing around the holidays is drinking alcohol. I know I did. I, I, I grew up... All the social events around Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, alcohol was heavily involved with my friends and uh, even my family to a certain extent. And the team at Rebel Rabbit Seltzer is on a mission to change that for the healthier and the better. Rebel Rabbit Seltzers are manufactured right here in Greenville, South Carolina. They are alcohol free and they are infused with Delta 9 THC. They have a few different levels, so it doesn't matter you know, if you've used THC before or not, they have a perfect level for you. They have different flavors. And I can tell you, you can have a Rebel Rabbit Seltzer. You can have the feeling like you're socializing and having fun with your friends. And uh, But you're going to wake up feeling refreshed. You're not going to have any headaches. You're not going to have a hangover. You're going to be able to be productive in the days following. And it'd be perfect for a Christmas party or be be perfect watching your favorite NFL team or favorite sports team on a Sunday or during the week. Um, A Rebel Rabbit Seltzer can really be the replacement uh, for that alcohol drink for you. Um, 
So you can go pick up Rebel Rabbit at so many retailers. If you go to the link in the show notes, um, you can find the retailer closest to you. Or if you go to the link, it'll take you directly to my promo code and you'll get 20% off your order. So their pr- the promo code is LIFE20. Um, you can get it ordered directly to your front door or you can use it as a gift for friends and family over the holidays, but you'll get 20% off your order. So go check them out. Um, I highly recommend them and um, I think it's a safer way to socialize and party during the holiday season. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Allison Outlaw. All right, still hear me? Yeah. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Allison, what's up? Good morning. First off, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here in Nashville. Um, I've already got in my workout and two coffees in and a bagel and two waffles. I'm good. You're already, uh, you know, you're already fast paced this morning with, uh, yeah, we were talking before. So you finished or you completed your first marathon this weekend. And, uh, how do you think you did? What, what do you think? Uh, how do you think you, how do you think you did from your own perspective? Um, so I have a tendency to be hard on myself. So I scored, <laughs> I my goal was to break the three hour threshold. Uh, for my first marathon, which is kind of like, you know, nothing. I don't know if that's the best goal to have. That's a little lofty, but I want to set lofty goals. Um, I ended up finishing at like a three hours and nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was off of that, but, um, my coach, I work with, um, Jeff Cunningham out of Austin, Texas, and he has, he's an awesome coach. He coaches Nick Bear. Um, and he coaches a lot of the elite and pro runners in Austin. So, um, he put me on a pretty, um, a pretty, let's say aggressive training block for this. And, uh, he was the one that told me, Hey, you can break three hours. You can, we're going to put you in this marathon in a couple months. I think you'll do great. So, um, Yeah. I'm happy with the outcome, uh, but yeah, I still want to break the three-hour mark for sure. I think it's extremely impressive um, for to be your first marathon. My sister actually ran her first half marathon. I think the same day you ran her your first marathon. With um, how long did you train for it? It was about a three-month training block. Very cool. I've never. I think the longest I've ever done was a half marathon and it was like some random day in COVID. So <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> like I told you, my feet, I don't know if they can handle it, but those marathon runners, I mean, any long distance runners are kind of just incredible to me. You mentioned uh, Austin and that's where you grew up, right? It is. Yeah. I'm one of the few people that's been there pretty much their whole life. Yeah, it's uh, I've seen it grow. I've seen it change. Yeah. It's always been a fitness city. It's always been like a big cycling town too. I grew up watching um, Lance Armstrong and uh, all that stuff. And that's kind of what got me into cycling, seeing somebody from my area go out and race the Tour de France and all that stuff. Yeah, very cool. So. One of his uh, great teammates, George Hincappy, lives in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. all right. It's a big cycling community here in Greenville. You um, you had 
what three brothers growing up how did they how was your childhood like with three brothers hopefully they weren't pushing it around too much you know i think it kind of changed my perception i have a different perception of the genders because i didn't understand that i was different from them my mom kind of threw me in with them um so when i grew up and i started like seeing that I'm trying to understand that men are naturally stronger. It didn't register with me. So I'd always try to compete against guys. And I still do that. Mm -hmm. I'm still comparing myself against men's marathon times and what men lift and all this stuff. So I, I kind of have to like, you know, process that differently, I guess. <laughs> with, uh, did they play sports? Were you big sports? Did you play sports growing up? Um, I did. My brothers uh, all kind of, they roughhoused a lot. They played football and they wrestled. Like, so I did all that stuff. Um, and then I got into like just wanting to compete as early as when I was in um, elementary school and we do like the field days, I guess. Yeah. So really competitive there. Um, and then I just started when I was in middle school, I got put on the cheer, the cheer team for some reason. Um, they needed another person. I fit the uniform. I don't know. And um, we would do like our, our our workouts or our, you know, practice out on the field um, during the same time that the soccer team would be out there mm -hmm. or the track team. And I kind of just wanted to do that instead. So I ended up quitting the cheerleading thing and um, I played soccer instead. Nice. What position? Uh, I was a goalie. Nice. All right. So uh, I got, I felt a lot of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of anxiety. When did you um first find a bike, start cycling? It was a lot later in life. Um, It was, I, uh, in my first marriage, I had had a baby. Mm -hmm. I was in my early thirties and, and uh, my husband bought us bikes together thinking we could go and ride, you know, do like recreational rides together. Um, but when I got on the bike, it was just like, um, I kind of just hit it hard. I didn't know how to do it for fun. Mm -hmm. So I found myself competing and just like when we do like charity rides and stuff, um, I'd want to be with like the guys at the front and ride with them. So I've met people through that and then ended up like on a team eventually and racing and it just kind of happened organically. Um, so was there like, a, yeah, a, I hear a lot of cyclists talk about once they get on the bike, they like get into like a mindset where they're just like much more relaxed and it's very peaceful. Is that also for you or are you more of just like more the competitive spirit? I think that, um, I, I got on the bike because it, was so good for my mental health and it was like meditative mm -hmm. and it was nice to be outside um but uh if there is somebody other people around um uh, like egging you on yeah you're going to be competitive with them of course <laughs> um, especially from you gr you're like growing up with three brothers so yeah that's the thing about cycling too you can be competitive against men and there's not a lot of women out there it's mostly men um so you do find yourself competing against men and you can 
find ways to stay with the stronger guys by just drafting off of them or being smarter, right? So um, it's an interesting sport in that way. And also, like, you know, your power output to weight. Um, maybe you can be better on the climb as opposed to the bigger guys. What was your best race? Um, I would say, like, locally, uh, I would do well at this uh, stage race. It was called Chapel Hill Stage Race, and it was um, a time trial on the first day, like most stage races. The second day would be a crit, like some kind of technical thing. And then third day would be a longer uh, road race. So anything like that in Texas, um, I'd do well in those events, like the longer stuff. The endurance races. Yeah. With uh, were you doing much strength training during these days yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no. Our our coaches back then, I feel like it wasn't that long ago. But anyway, um, it didn't really encourage us to lift or do anything off the bike. Um, weight training would be like go and go to the hill and do hill repeat and just put yourself in a big gear and mash your legs and that's gonna be. And I mean, it, it makes sense, right? But no upper body, nothing, nothing else. I bet, um, I bet since then you probably noticed like a big change in your body and your overall strength. Yeah, big time. Um, I look at like old pictures and my arms are so like skinny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel weird. Like I'll put on a cycling jersey now and I feel kind of like I don't fit in anymore. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, uh, I've, I was telling uh, my wife that like you see a lot of runners too. And like, I don't want to say they don't look good, but they just don't look as fit or as strong because maybe they just like are focusing on one thing. But during these years of cycling, you somehow find yourself walking into a gym eventually. And I think it was a CrossFit gym. Um, talk to me through how you kind of switch from being a cyclist and, and then really get into the strength training and CrossFit and really a strength athlete as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I started going into the gym, um, because I, I wanted to do other things. I was getting a little burnt out on just cycling. Um, and I also didn't feel very fit. Like I, I'd get out of breath carrying my groceries up the stairs I lived on like the third floor apartment and I would get out of breath and I'm I'm over here like uh you know one of the best in like uh ultra time trial cyclist you know around yet I can't like carry my groceries up the stairs like that doesn't make sense um so went into a CrossFit gym because in our town um I had no idea I didn't know anything about CrossFit I thought that CrossFit was this gym like I thought they were cross I didn't know what was happening um and there's this woman Carrie Kepler that we had been friends on social media for a while she's super fit she's a games athlete and she owns this CrossFit gym so I just went in there and I was like hey uh, I just want to join I did like the women's class um had no idea what was going on there was they were lifting weights I think they were deadlifting and I was w- kind of wondering why they were like standing around so much. Like they'd like <laughs> lift a few reps and they'd sit there for two minutes. So I thought it was weird. Um, 
And then, so that was the weightlifting. And then they did a Metcon later in the class. And I, I liked that because you're moving around a lot and doing different things. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. So I started going and um, really got into it and um, ended up like becoming a coach at that gym, getting my L1 and doing all that and competing a little bit in CrossFit too. Um, but yeah, it was uh, interesting. It was fun. <laughs> I learned how to lift. Yeah, I was about to say, you'll definitely learn how to lift and you'll learn a lot of different movements. Is there some of the movements that you kind of still love to go back to and do? Yeah, um, I I basically everything except <laughs> everything except like the super gymnastic type stuff, which I never really uh, enjoyed or because I wasn't good at it. <laughs> uh, like hand, walking on your hands sure. and um, like muscle ups and doing it like ring stuff. Um, I enjoy like pull up, but I like doing them strict now. I enjoy like handstand push up, but I'm working toward doing those strict. Um, yeah, where's like it? Yeah, were you um were you paying like how informed or educated would you were you on like the nutrition side of things at this point? It was not at all. Um, when I was on the bike, it was just like, just eat, um, eat, 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 I guess, eat as much as you can, uh, eat a bunch of carbs, carb up. Uh, there was no, I didn't really track anything. I didn't pay attention. Um, you know, your nutrition on the bike was take a gel every hour or something, you know, um, but, uh, since I walked into that CrossFit gym, um, there was a big focus on nutrition. So I got educated there and then I ended up getting certified in a couple different nutrition things. Went through a phase where I counted every single macro. Um, I got super lean for a while, um, which was kind of cool, but you know, not really sustainable for performance. So I've learned a lot about, you know, the difference between, you know, an aesthetic look and a performance type thing yeah. too. So um, there's a balance there and it gets even more complicated when you start looking into like being a hybrid athlete because you're having to maintain your muscle mass and you're having to do these really long runs and stuff. So it's really important. Yeah, that's a lot of what you're into now. Is there um, is there some daily uh, target or goal that you try and follow? Say like, you know, your healthy fats and your proteins and even your hydration. Is that something that you still pay attention to now, or you you don't anymore? I do pay attention. I think it's because I tracked for so long. I have an idea now, um, and I'd recommend that for anybody that never tracked their food before their intake or their macros. Uh, do it for like three months so that you get an idea of like, oh man, I'm really not getting enough protein or I'm, I'm way over on my fat. Um, so it's, for me, it's one gram of uh, protein per body weight, right? So I'm 150 pounds, 150 grams of protein. Um, and then for my carbs, um, my carb intake has increased a lot training for this marathon. And uh, sometimes it can get up to like 300 or 400 grams of carbs. 
because I'm consuming more carbs, I've dialed back my dietary fat. So I'm on a lower fat type deal um, and higher, much higher carb for the performance. Rebel Rabbit is on a mission to provide a healthier and smarter way to socialize and drink. Their alcohol-free cannabis-infused seltzers are perfect for anybody just trying to kick back and relax after a hard day at work or on the golf course with your friends or hanging out at a party and you want to wake up and feel better the next day. Their seltzers are perfect for you. They are a great alternative to alcohol as well. Their website is drinkrebelrabbit.com. Use promo code LIFE20. You'll get 20% off your order. That link is in the show notes. But join the mission and start drinking and socializing smarter with Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. Do you have um, some proteins that you think work better for you? Yes. I so I do I supplement with um, BPN whey protein. I'll put that um, in my oats. I'll drink it, um, and then for for meat, like I I'll have like eight ounces of ground beef, like lean ground beef every day, um, just to get delicious. that in. Beef, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. It's too. easy. I don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, but it, like it's so easy to get your protein. People, I have a lot of clients that are like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to eat that much. And it's like, it's not that hard. As long as you find what works and then you do, you're willing to do that pretty much every day. It's a little boring, but like, that's okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I sometimes like tell people my, what I eat is so simple, you know, like it's not complicated at all. And, but some people don't like simple. Like my wife wants more flavors and more like, things in her food you know so it's a funny balance trying to be like why well, I, I mean i'll just eat chicken and rice that's cool with me <laughs> i know yeah i get it like i'll i'll reserve those times for like after a race i'll go i mean like this whole week i've been going out to eat and kind of eating whatever i want i saw oh, last wow. night was it last night you went to dinner somewhere and had like two really good portions of meat yeah i had some chicken some there was all uh, the food in Nashville is really good, really good. Is it similar to Austin? Um, I would think it would be. But... Yeah, it's kind of a similar vibe to Austin. It's kind of like a cool city with like music, and it reminds me of Austin. Um, yeah, I'm like, I want to move out here. Every time I visit a cool city, I'm like, I could move out here. Do you visit the? I guess you do. You, you travel a lot for your competitions. Yeah, um, I do. That's mainly that's really the only reason i'll go anywhere honestly and you still work right? full-time in austin though if you're not at a competition yeah yep did you go to uh manchester for a high rocks competition i did how was that it was interesting um because the previous year was the year that i won the world championship in my age group in vegas and i did i won it by like a big margin so the going into next year, you know, you don't want to get too confident. Um, the woman that is like the fastest in my age group is from the UK. So I knew she'd be there and she has a like an elite time. So she's fast. Um, and I had to step up my game. I ended up getting like a PR. I was like an hour and 14 the year before. And then I was an hour and eight minutes this year. And I got second place by 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> and I was 
pretty i was upset like <laughs> yeah you go back to manchester uh, next summer i am going back uh this year the world championships are in nice right okay. did i did that right nice let's go yeah nice <laughs> nice or nice nice Brian. um you make me feel at home we have similar accents you know a nice southern southern accent the accent does come out from time to time <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious with that i do love traveling and i love traveling like seeing people travel and do different types of competitions and you are the world you were the world champion in the high rocks in your age group how did can you explain to me what high rocks is and i think it's a new it's a relatively new form of competition right or new thing it is, yeah. It's new in the U.S. It's been around in Europe for a while, um, but it's kind of it's growing big time. Um, and so, high rocks. This is like at my gym because we're a high rocks affiliate now. Since I've started doing it, now I all I coach is high rocks, and um, we got a lot of crossfitters that what is what is high rocks? What's going on with this? Um, and it. It's kind of like CrossFit, but more of an endurance thing. So uh, you have to be okay with running five miles, right? So you run. It's the same thing every time, right? Around the world, same course. Um, it's 1K run, 1K ski, 1K run, 50-meter sled push, 1K run, 50-meter sled pull, 1K run, 80-meter burpee broad jump, 1K run. So what's next? 1K row, 1K run, uh, 100, 200 meter farmer carry, 1K run. Oh, what's next? I should know. I should have this so memorized by now. <laughs> farmer uh, carry. Oh, 100 meters of uh, sandbag lunges, 1K run, 100 wall ball shots. Then you're done. Um, so it's uh, how long it's does that fun? Take? It's something. Uh, so an hour and eight minutes is my PR. Um, the fastest, I think, uh, Meg Jacoby, which I just spent like the weekend with her a few weeks ago at a competition. She, she's a world record holder. I think she's like, she's going to kill me. I, I'm going to get it wrong. It's definitely sub one hour. Dang. Um, that is a brutal hour. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. And there's a lot that goes into the training. Um, you have to be, if you're going to be that fast, you have to train specific to high rock. So you are doing those movements every day, like was it over eight, and over and over and over. What are the, how many movements? Eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, what's your best movement? Um, I'm, I think I'm pretty good with like the sleds, um, coming from the CrossFit background, being a little stronger. Um, so sled push and pull. I had the fastest sled pull time uh, overall with everybody um, at Manchester. So um, I pride myself on my sled pull. There you go. <laughs> what about uh, what's the movement you need to work on? I need to work on the body weight, you know, burpee broad jump, just because nobody likes doing that. Those stuff. Are brutal. Those are horrible. They're brutal. <laughs> they're awkward. You know, um, and then being a little taller athlete and a little, you know, bigger, um, it's not in my favor. And then the wall ball shots, because they're at the end, um, I don't have the best mobility. Uh, so 
I've been working on my wall balls. It's also such a mental thing because with everything else, you can you kind of just push through it. But with the wall balls, you can take a break kind of whenever you want. So it's always tempting to do like 10 reps and then rest. And then you know you have to pick up the ball again. So working on that mental game with the wall balls has been a focus for me coming in this season. So you have, uh, what's the next big High Rocks competition you have? It's, uh, it's going to be in Dallas on November 18th. So it's in like two and a half weeks. It's coming up. <laughs> I know. I, I hope my feet heal because, I mean, I'm going to be able to run here. What are you going <laughs> through um, with your feet from your recovery from your marathon? They look really bad. Like I was going to post a photo of them, but... <laughs> First of all, posting feet pics is not, I don't know if that's a good idea these days. Um, we'll pay you for that. So. I know. Like, why give this away for free? Second of all, it looks really gross. Like, it, so the shoes that I ran in are like the Alpha, um, Alpha Flies, Nike Alpha Flies. And they're like the really fancy carbon plated shoes. So I didn't really run in them before. I ran in them with that, with Matt, when I did that mile with him. Yep. That was the only time I ran in them. So the day of, yeah, I, well, I don't, I guess that's, I don't know. I've never tested that before. Um, yeah, that was a surprise. But so those shoes <laughs> didn't do so well in the marathon? Uh, they, they probably would have, but, um, it was raining so my shoes were wet. I kept stepping in puddles. I don't know why I did that. Um, so the friction. So basically, I felt every step, it kind of felt like a razor blade was cutting the inside of my foot. Um, and then at some point, I felt like a blister just pop on my right foot. And it felt like so weird. Um, so it's just, I've got the whole arches of my feet are just like raw. Um Every time I get up, like it hurts really bad. So <laughs> I don't know. Are you, um, <laughs> do you have some plans to like go see somebody or like treatments for it to prepare for the high rocks competition? Uh, I mean, I don't know what I could do with this just uh, other than let it heal. Yeah. It's just a skin thing. Um, I do see, I see, um, I go to a place called core function in Austin and Dr. Andrew and he's really good. He, I've been seeing him once or twice a week throughout this whole marathon prep because i mean i would have it plantar fasciitis i'd have my calves were wouldn't work there'd be days i couldn't run like i just was limping so um it, that was a big part of the process was getting treated doing all the foam rolling stretching like all that extra stuff it was just i had to do it i yeah, hate that do stuff it. though yeah for real i'll have all this equipment and stuff around me and like i still be like dang i just don't do it as much as i should is that the deca world championships or deca world championship um so that in that's december okay so that's not the one in uh coming up in november no but yeah i have to get ready for that as well so that'll be another thing where um, I'm competing in my age group and the goal is to get on the podium or win. Um, there's three different events, so win all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And that is also in Dallas. So I don't have to travel far for that. No, I was about to say, because I thought you said Dallas. And I, was, I remember earlier you said Dallas about the DECA, and I didn't know if that was the same one. Is uh, You also have, you said your first try triathlon. Yeah. Um, so, you ready to sit uh, like a mile and a half or whatever it is? I don't know. I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to consult uh, Matt on this and say, hey, let's go swim. Let's learn how to swim or swim, get my PR, mile PR in the water. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, so this past year, um, Hunter McIntyre and a crew of people, they all went out to do this triathlon starvation try. And it's in Utah and it's an Ironman distance, like a full Ironman. Um, but it's not an official Ironman event because it's, um, some of it's off-road. There's a lot of elevation. So um, it's supposed to be like the hardest um, Ironman distance triathlon. So Hunter did it. And uh, that inspired me to do it this next year. When is it? So it's in August. Thanks. You got a little time to prep. Yeah. It's in August, um, and I'll be getting back on the bike here soon. I'm doing a um, a seven-day tour through Wisconsin in uh, September uh, with Team One Mile. So it's a whole charity thing. We're doing 100 miles a day, every day, for seven days, Dang. all through Wisconsin. There's going to be, like, some Green Bay Packers riding with us. I don't know. I'll have to get the details. But There you go. <laughs> with uh <laughs> With you being, you know, I know we talked about nutrition and you are a certified nutrition coach and you've gone through some other programs for nutrition. When you're working with um, other athletes or individuals, what do you see that sometimes they're like lacking and they're not paying enough uh, close attention to? I'd say um, majority of people I work with that are endurance athletes are underfueling, um, underfueling and then overfueling when it's inappropriate. So they end up maybe um, not being in, maybe holding on to some body fat that they don't want, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe not timing their the carb intake around their workouts, around their big workouts. Like I said, I had two, I had waffles this morning before my workout. I had a bagel after my workout, but I'm not going to go eating that like, you know, in the evening when I'm not trained, sure. right? So getting my carbs in, making sure I'm fueled up for, so that I can go hard on my workout, even, um, you know, intra workout, uh, fueling that as well. If you're working out, if you're training for like more than an hour, you're doing 90 minutes or two hours at the gym, mm-hmm. you're going to need some kind of carbs or something in there too. So, um, you know, I think I, I, I run into a lot of endurance athletes, a lot of women in particular that, maybe they're getting into this or they're running because they want to lose weight or they want to look a certain way or whatever. And it's kind of like, we need to fuel your performance first and then the aesthetics come after that. Um, so yeah, making sure we eat because then if we're not uh, constantly fueling, what happens is that later on you end up overeating because you're starving, you're hungry. Um, so it's, it's a balance there too. Totally. I've always, um, it's hard to tell people that though. Sometimes like they think they need to not eat to look good at times. Um, 
And so that's like a mental thing, having to like make sure mentally that you know you need to eat to fuel yourself and also to look good. And you need a certain amount of nutrition on a daily basis to like be healthy. Um, but then people think they don't need to eat to lose weight. So it's, you know, in their brain, I feel like it's hard for them to understand at times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's why it's so important to hire a coach because they can just take a step, you know, take you out of your own mind and say, Hey, what we're going to do. Um, and it works. Yeah, totally. Engineered sleep makes the best mattresses out there. Sleep is the number one thing you can focus on right now to better your performance on a daily basis. And you might as well be sleeping on an engineered sleep mattress. Like I said, their products are the best and their customer service is second to none. Their website is engineeredsleep.com. If you use promo code LIVE15, you'll get 15% off your order. So if you or someone you know is looking for a new mattress, reach out to the team at Engineered Sleep and they'll hook you up. Again, their website is engineeredsleep.com. Use promo code LIVE15 to get 15% off your order. You um you mentioned mental health a little bit earlier. Is there, you know, are th- there are things you do? Um, have you had any struggles with mental health? And if you have, like, what are things you kind of do to, to help out with it? You know, um, I was raised by a, uh, a Hispanic single mom. <laughs> and if you had a problem, you, you just kind of suck it up, basically. Yeah. That's how I was raised. Suck it up. You're fine. You're not, nothing's wrong. You're not depressed whatever so that that's been the gear that i've been in most of my life so um and not to say that that's the healthiest thing it's not um but i think that's kind of the reason why i've gotten in become an endurance athlete was to work through a lot of um issues that i've had just like personal issues i've gone through um or just to process things or feel like at peace Mm -hmm. Honestly, like if I, I took Sunday off after that marathon, I took Sunday off and I felt so weird. Like I just did not feel like myself, like depressed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you begin to realize like, you know, it's such an important thing to move your body, to have a mission every day, um, to do, to complete that mission and to feel accomplished every day. For me, at least it is. Otherwise, um, I get a little, you know, anxious. Totally. You know, a little all over the place, right? I know for me, uh, people ask me all the time, and I've said this before, but like I work out probably at least, you know, 45 minutes to an hour every day at a minimum. And I know I need to maybe take more rest days at times. Um, but for me, I work out from a mental health more then sometimes like my, you know, to get bigger, you know, better abs or bigger back or, you know, better biceps. Like I really work out for my mind. So it's, I wish more people thought of it that way. Um, Cause then I don't think it would be as intimidating to people. Cause sometimes they're like, oh, I can't lift what they're lifting or run what they're running. But I'm like, man, it'd be just help you clear your mind and help you feel better mentally. And then, you know, the health benefits and the, uh, physical benefits are kind of like an after effect for me. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, it, I think initially I, I got into it because I, I had this image of what I wanted to look like or whatever. And, uh, 
you know, I think I did achieve a lot of those goals of how I wanted to look mm-hmm. um, or what I wanted to list, but it, it didn't make me happier. Um, like accomplishing that whatever accomplishments I've had or when I do go and break that sub three, it's not going to make me any happier. Um, <laughs> there's always going to be something else, but, um, just being able to, to show up, like, uh, show up in life as a, as a mom, as a sister or whatever, as, as a coach, even, um, just, uh, I got to get those workouts in. I got to get that run in in the morning so that my mind is right to help people. And that's, that's a big part of it. And if I end up, you know, going and running that sub three, that's cool. That's cool, but that's like a temporary thing, yeah. Really, totally. You always look for the next thing. With uh, with you being a mom, do you have one kid? One son, yeah, he's fourteen. How's he doing? What's he up to at fourteen? He is doing uh the band thing. He plays trumpet. Um, so he is really into that. He is not really interested in any kind of sport at the moment, but. Uh, I'm, I'm maybe he'll get into it later. <laughs> what are some of the things, uh, like go, growing up and, and being a mom, what are like, and also tra- your training lifestyle, what are some of the hardest things you have to balance? Uh, there's a lot of guilt, um, because it's self, it, it can be seen as very selfish to, especially when I was at my most competitive on the bike, because there would be mornings where I would have to go train. I'd leave my son with my mom who also lives in Austin and my mom is not, was never supportive of me playing sports. Like she was the one that wanted me on the cheerleading team, wanted me to, you know, the typical, um, female thing. So, uh, a lot of guilt. So you kind of got to tune that out and realize, you know, uh, you got to be yourself. So I'm being myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the one that's just staying at home all day with the kids, you know? Yeah. You got to be that's active. That's not me. Yeah. And there is a, I think there's a, a big importance uh, to people to have moms, dads, to have like their own purpose, right? Things that like they need a purpose outside of just being a mom or just being a dad or just, you know, maybe doing their work on a daily basis. Like they need other things in life that motivate them and create a purpose in their own personal journey. Yeah. And I think having that impact, if your kids can see that, that's huge. I mean, I, I haven't been the most, um, I'm not like the typical mom that's involved in everything and does the PTA and goes to all the things, you know, I don't, I don't do that. Um, sometimes I wish I was like that, but, uh, it's just not who I am. So, just teaching my son that, hey, you got to just stay true to who you are, even if it is a little weird at times or if people will question you, you have to stick to your gun um, because there's a purpose behind that. Yeah, totally. You got to be yourself and you can't be afraid to do that. With, uh, with I kind of think it's badass. I mean, you say you're not your typical mom, but I say like you rock all these tattoos. You're probably the cool mom. So <laughs> when did you... Uh, like, do you have any favorite tattoos or what was your first fat tattoo? Um, you know, I started getting them, uh, when I was in my thirties when, um, after I like when I started bike racing, I started getting them. And I think, um, it, 
it became kind of a an addiction. It was an addiction. So you get one and then you get another one and then you realize you want to fill in the space and you're like, well, I might as well just get get like my whole arm covered. My favorite tattoo is actually on my leg. It's the the most recent one I got. I work with a guy um, in Austin. He's an awesome uh, artist. And it's like um, a dagger, like a sword with like three heads in it, like, you know, a dragon, like there's, anyway. Yeah, I can picture it. It looks cool. Honestly, like I, uh, the guy designed it for me and it doesn't have any meaning. It just looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm working on maybe getting like my whole leg. I want to maybe be covered. Yeah, because you have like two sleeves, sleeve. but not as many on your legs, right? No. Yeah. And Austin's a I great place. I mean, there's that. tons of good artists in Austin for tattoos. Yeah, I know. It's a great place. And um, I was considering getting a tattoo up here or out in Nashville. Um, but we'll see. Bye. Very <laughs> cool. What about... Uh, if people listening want to follow along on like your races and all the things you have upcoming, where can they uh, best find you? Really? I just, I kind of just post on Instagram on um, wattage under, underscore cottage is my name there. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Strava. So most of my runs, my workouts are on Strava and it's also wattage cottage there. Very it's cool. All. Is there, um, is there like any team competitions you would ever do? Uh, so I just recently did one. Um, it, it was uh, one with uh, where Meg Jacoby um, called Alpha Warrior, and that was a new type of thing. They were, they were testing the style of competition. Um, so it was uh, teams of four four men, or no, three men, three women, two teams. They selected 12, like, hybrid athletes around the U.S. to come and test this out. So I was one of those people. Um, there's Carly Wopat, who you got to look her up. She's awesome. She just won Battle Bunker, which is Hunter McIntyre's um, event this past weekend, the Hypercon game. Um, there was uh, uh, Chris Riglowski is this, like, amazing ultra endurance runner she was there like there's ladies like amazing athletes that they're not they're not doing crossfit they're doing like hybrid stuff so they're doing like the go rut game and it's so for me like it seems like it's so much cooler like there's so much out there yeah they're really i'm wondering if like these crossfit these games athletes are going to start getting into like this like i think they are wow yeah i totally do i think they are and it's more, like you said, like there's so much more to do and there's more like different types of activities and like the endurance and the um, even the high rocks. You know, I feel like it's such a really cool competition that it's only a few years old in the U.S. Um, is Allison Outlaw your nickname? No, that's that's my name. Okay. <laughs> I But your Atkinson is also your last name, right? Yeah. So that's my married name is Outlaw. Got it. All right. I was like, dang, yeah. maybe that's your cool nickname. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Well, it works out. It works out both ways. I know. I know. It, it kind of works. <laughs> Very cool. Allison, thank you so much for joining me. 
Um, it's been a pleasure. You're incredibly humble for how badass you are in, in the world of competition and endurance athlete and athlete in general. Um, but thank you for coming on. I'm excited to see you continue your journey and who knows what you'll be doing next. Um, but thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Give our partners some love by visiting their links in the show notes. Spinks Convenience Stores, you can find the location nearest you. Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, they're on a mission to socialize healthier and smarter, so join the mission. And Engineered Sleep, making the best mattresses in the game. You might as well be sleeping on an Engineered Sleep mattress. For me, if you could give our show a five-star rating on your listening platform, that'd be greatly appreciated. And thank you so much for listening.